0: welcome back to the Expect Change podcast, a podcast where we believe that God is still moving mountains and still bringing about change. Here, we'll discuss diversity, race issues, dating, and everything in between. I'm your host, Norlina. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get right to it. Today, I want to talk about deconstructing our views on singleness in the church as Christians. The reason why I really wanted to discuss this is because I know it was something that my younger self definitely needed to hear. And especially with the swarming of single sermons, books, and all the other content you can consume, I think it's important that we understand a balance of knowing when too much is too much, honestly. Um, when I first started pursuing my relationship with Christ more seriously, I was thrown into a world of hypersensitivity to my relationship status. And like most young Christians, I began to consistently watch sermons on literally anything and everything just trying to learn as much as I possibly could. And to be honest, I can't tell you the amount of sermons I watched and books I've read on singleness. I took these all in because I believed these things would help me become more content. But in reality, it just made me more fixated on the state of my relationship status. Being single, wasn't about finding out who I was. It wasn't a state of being for me. It was about me being on my best behavior so that God could bless me with a husband. I don't even know if I can truly say I actually believed that I was content, but I was trying to convince God that I was content so that he could bless me quicker. So that brings me to my first point. I believe that the overconsumption of anything puts us in a danger zone. But when we become so engrossed in our relationship status, we begin to fall more in love with the gift or the idea of the gift rather than the giver himself. We become so obsessed with the idea of marriage that, Our relationship with Christ kind of just becomes more of a genie in the bottle situation. We think, oh, well, God, I'm on my best behavior, so I deserve this. Like, she's getting married and I'm not, but I'm doing great things, Lord. Like, are you going to bless me now? Like, I'm doing these things for your kingdom. Are you going to bless me with a husband now? When we constantly consume things that are trying to teach us how to be single, It is probably not helping you as much as you think it is. It probably is just most likely fixating your mind on the fact that you are still single. Because, let's be honest with each other, when you click out of that YouTube video or you put down that book, you're probably still thinking, okay God, now when is it my turn? I'm not trying to say that des- the desire of marriage is evil or sinful in itself. We are relational beings created to crave community. That's why we have this innate feeling within us that we want to have these relationships because we create we crave community with our Creator. But desiring and idolizing are two very different things. Now, I'm definitely not saying never take part in these things. I'm not saying to never watch these sermons, never read these books, or listen to podcasts about dating or about singleness. What I'm saying is that we have to use our discernment when we consume these things. When I look back on my own struggle with this, Honestly, my heart breaks a little bit because I realized that most of these things that were being spoken were by people who had been married young, say they got together with their partner in their teens and had never truly been single. Now, I'm not saying that that disqualifies someone from preaching the word of God or from saying what God has placed on their hearts. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is it can aid in them to lack empathy in these sermons. I remember listening to these sermons and a lot of them would come off as condemning people for having a desire for marriage. So sometimes I would click off of those videos or put down that book and I would feel bad about wanting to have that relationship one day so I think when we consume these things when we partake in these things we need to see the heart of the person we need to look at the person who is speaking these things and being like okay like what is this person's background like is this person truly speaking out of love is this person trying to condemn me for a human natural desire that I might have So take part in these sermons if you feel so led to, but make sure that you are checking the fruit. Make sure you are checking within your spirit because there comes a lot of spiritual damage and spiritual hurt and pain when we are listening to people who aren't truly trying to care for our hearts and just trying to get a trendy sermon out there, trying to lead you in relationship advice or telling you how to be single when they themselves don't even know what singleness really is. So there are a lot of these areas, areas such as like conferences full of women, who bought a ticket to this singles conference just to be told that maybe God hasn't sent the one yet because you haven't worked on yourself enough. And y'all, this really hurts my heart when I hear people suggest things like that. Like, well, maybe God hasn't sent the one because you over here doing X, Y, and Z and you don't, you're don't. you not working on yourself and you don't know how to cook and you don't know how to clean, da, 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 da. Ma'am, cooking and cleaning is a life skill that we all should learn, regardless of gender. It is not something you should learn in order to be a wife. But that's what a lot of people are told. A lot of people go to these conferences, like there are arenas full of people desiring marriage so badly that they want someone to teach them how to be a wife they're learned to cook they are taught to cook to clean to practice being a wife so that they can be ready when the time does come and I don't want this to come across as I'm saying not to prepare yes like we should always prepare the world is going to end one day it could be tomorrow it could be a 100 years from now and We prepare in that, in being intentional with our relationship with Christ and reading scripture and pursuing him daily. But that doesn't mean it could or could not end within our lifetime. It's just preparing just in case. The problem with all of this rhetoric is that marriage is truly not a promise to us. And I'm not trying to get into the space of like telling you that like these desires you have are never going to come true. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is that marriage is just not a promise. You could get married and you could not get married. The ability to be single is not a spiritual gift. This is like some type of misconception that we believe in the church that, only people that remain unmarried are gifted like God has bestowed them with the spiritual gift, only to a certain few to be single. It's not a spiritual gift, and but many of us tend to believe that. Um, even Paul tells us that it is the ability to be free from worldly distractions says an unmarried man is concerned about the lord's affairs how he can please the lord but a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world how he can please his wife and his interests are divided so marriage is just that it's being distracted and your interests is being divided but singleness is being fully devoted and having interests that are undivided, completely unto the Lord. It is not some spiritual gift like prophesying that only a few get. You're not just called to a life of singleness as in like God has bestowed the um, the position of being a pastor. He has called a certain few to be a pastor. That don't mean singleness is equated to that same caliber. Now, I think it's definitely okay to consume these sermons, to read these books at times, but I have found so much freedom when I realized that the majority of these things were just telling me how to live a normal life. And that's what (laughs) kind of like baffles me now when I think back on it. But majority of these sermons are telling you, go travel, um, hang out with friends, get new hobbies. You're single, no one to answer to other than God. Like, go out and live your life, da da da, da. And that's one thing that they're right about. But it's not just about being single. This is something we can all do regardless of relationship status. Majority of these sermons are just telling you how to live, how to be human, how to maneuver in this world. Anybody should do these things, should get to know themselves, should be involved with new hobbies, should hang out with friends, should travel if they so desire, regardless of relationship status. So learning how to cook and clean or mow the lawn and X, Y, and Z to be a perfect wife slash husband is not going to make your partner come any faster. That's, that's a, that's might be a hard reality for some of us to come to because it was a hard reality for me to come to because, because I listened to so many of these sermons, I believed, well, God, like, I'm learning how to cook, like I know how to cook, like I know how to clean, like I can do X, Y, and Z, like I'm learning how to be gentle, how to be kind, how to die to myself, like of course you're going to bless me with the one now. But that's not true. God doesn't send you that person because you are now perfect. You will never be perfect and you will never be 100% ready for marriage. You will never be without flaw. God sends that person, if that is his sovereign will for you, at the time that he deems fit. That does not mean in that time everything will be perfect within and on the outside, in your surroundings, in your circumstances. That's not how this works, but this, the church has kind of made us believe that once we get all our ducks in a row then God will send that person. You will never be perfect enough or ready enough to literally die to yourself every single day, pick up that cross and serve that other person. That is going to take a lifetime of learning. So what does this all look like? What does singleness look like? What is it supposed to look like? And I've learned that it's just a state of being. It looks like guarding your heart, being particular in the things that you consume, regarding your relationship status, and truly just being okay with just being. It's about finding out about who you are, your dreams, what you love to do, but not so that person can come any faster because that will keep you in bondage because just because you're searching out these things does not mean, it's not a guarantee that that person will come any faster. It's about growing deeper in your knowledge of yourself and of Christ so that you can fall more in love with life daily. There are so many beautiful treasures in the day to day that we miss because we are so fixated on when or if marriage will ever come to us. Sometimes we get to experience such beautiful things. And this is something that I regret in being younger of being able to have such amazing experiences but always ruining it in the back of my mind by saying, well, this would be better if I was in this relationship or if I was engaged or if I was married. It gets us into this cycle of becoming ungrateful for the moments that Christ has blessed us with and the people that God has surrounded us with. Thinking that it's not enough And that we have to have someone romantically with us in order to be satisfied in this life. So marriage might come and it might not. Singleness is not just a rest stop on the way to marriage. And that is a way that a lot of us operate within the church. It's just a state of being, just literally being you. And I don't say this to sound morbid, but we were brought into this world alone and we will leave alone. Minus, obviously, the fact that Christ is always with us. But relationally, we will not always have people near us. We stand before God on Judgment Day. Just us. Now, regardless of your relationship status, God doesn't love you any less because she or he is married and you are not. That's not how the God of the universe works. Marriage is just that, a gift. It does not mean that she is a better Christian than you and that God blessed her with a husband because she was doing all the right things. She had herself figured out. She had all her ducks in a row. And because God saw that, he said, yeah, she's ready. No. And we get into the space of beating ourselves up because of that. We get into this comparison state and we look at other people and we say well dang god like she's married and i'm not and i feel like i'm doing great things but i I must not be doing enough i must not be doing enough i must i need to work on myself more i need to get things together and you get into this frenzy of why am i never good enough, why am I never doing enough good work? God, why can't you see the good things that I'm doing and bless me like you've blessed her? But God doesn't want that for us because it's not about that. It's just a gift. And just like our state of being is just a gift. Regardless of our relationship status, we are not loved any less. The older I get, the more I see the beauty that life has to offer. The joy I feel when I get to laugh with my friends. The beauty and peace in watching the sunrise. The excitement I feel when trying out a new coffee shop or traveling to a new place or finding new music, every day it's something new that I get to discover about who I am and who Christ has called me to be. And I'm not saying that you don't discover these things in a relationship or in marriage, but what I am saying is that in singleness, in this state of being, you get to discover it undivided. Your attention is just on you and Christ. And I'm so grateful for this time that I've been given. Because I don't know if I would know myself to the extent that I do without it. I wouldn't know if I could be so content in just being with myself and just being with Christ. If I didn't have this time to truly learn what it means. Being alone, as in not even, I don't mean spiritually, but I mean being alone in the fact of in restaurants alone, in parks alone, or doing things where a lot of people in the back of their minds would say, well, this would be better if only I had a partner or feeling ungrateful or feeling upset or just beating yourself up because of that. There is so much beauty in those moments in realizing I'm okay. I don't need anybody to make this experience any better. I find joy in being with myself. I find joy in being with Christ. I find joy in being with God's creation. I find joy in being with my friends, finding out who I am, trying to listen to the heartbeat of Christ and figuring out what it is he wants for me. So what is it that you find joy in? What is it that soothes your soul? Have you taken this time to figure that out and to sit with Christ and just Fall in love with life because, guys, there's so much freedom in falling in love with just the simple things that Christ has blessed us with in this lifetime. And I don't want you to miss out on that, on that feeling of peace, on that feeling of joy, and on that feeling of abounding love. Because there is an abounding love that comes with being single, being with yourself, being with Christ. And he wants that for us. He wants us to find that contentment. And a couple of years ago, I would have told you, yeah, I'm content, I'm content. And I would have tried to convince you that. But now, I'm so grateful that I know what true contentment really looks like because I've sat with myself and I've sat with Christ, and I've learned to love the beauty of life. And regardless, if God ever blesses me with a marriage and with a family, I'm going to be more than okay because life is beautiful, and it's not something to take for granted. God's companionship is something that is a beauty to behold. It's something that is beautiful to constantly be discovering on a day-to-day basis. And this world is so big, it's so vast. And honestly, there's so much to see once COVID is over. God, please, please, (laughs) please, I wanna travel again. But there's so much to see and so much beauty to behold that I hope that in this season, and the season to come, you find that beauty and you get to see it and you get to hold that peace within your heart, the peace that Christ so badly desires for us. I just want to challenge us all to truly focus on the beauty in the day today and falling in love with the life that you've been given And if that means you have to do something intentional every day to help you to see that beauty, do that. For me, it's seeing the sunrise. So I intentionally get up, go hike, and I'll watch the sunrise. And it reminds me of God's goodness. It reminds me that there's so much beauty to behold. And if I find beauty in just a Georgia sunrise. Imagine what it might be in Italy, in South Africa, in Asia. Imagine the different possibilities you could behold just by being okay with where you are. Being okay with the state of being and taking advantage of that and discovering life in discovering Christ. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, comments, or even suggestions on something you'd like to hear discussed, you can DM me at expectchangepod. Um, I'd love to have a conversation. I hope you guys have a good one. Be blessed.